Lousy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fly Sweet Podcast, partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raiders' needs. On today's episode, we got our special guest, Nick Cothrell from Just Blog, baby. With Nick, we're going to be talking about the Bears game, the victory, I should say, over the Bears, and, of course, uh, talking about what to expect during the bye week. But first things first, Jose, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce our guest to the people? Oh, we got another... JBB roundtable going on here. First, it was with our man, the editor, Brad Weiss. Now we got our boy, Nick. Although, in our group chat, he's Nick C because there's too many Nicks out here. Um, he's got a pretty basic name, although that's coming from a guy who has the most common Mexican name. So, got, glad I had our boy, Nick, on, man. I kicked it with him at the tailgate. That's, that stuff was fun against the Chiefs. So, not not the game, but the tailgate was the, was the highlight for us during that stuff. You know, we got to exchange beers, so that was fun. I just like, I was like, dude, we need to get you on. And now we're here. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on, guys. Yeah, Nick, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you. You know, we got to get another Victory Monday. A little unexpected one for us, huh? Very. Yeah, I mean, heading into this one, I I thought it was going to be 20 points. is probably going to come away victorious, and Raiders get a little surprise. Yeah, I mean, a lot of surprises on a lot of fronts. I know... One thing that I think everybody in America, everybody in Raider Nation was worried about was the Bears front seven. And I don't know if Carr got hit today. And, you know, I really got to tip my cap to both John Gruden and the offensive line. You know, I think the offensive line held up pretty damn well. You know, I think asking them to sit back and cover for five seconds every play wasn't going to be, you know, reasonable. But the few times they did, they seemed to hold up, you know, tip my cap to John Gruden using a lot of quick game and a lot of creativity to help keep those guys like you know old number 52 on the other side of the field uh out of the game and i thought really executed the game plan perfectly on both ends i'm curious for your guys thoughts on that well dude man that was i mean we all knew it was gonna be a big game i mean i personally i I wasn't here last week shout out to chris for filling in but i would have said this was a must-win game the biggest must-win game in john gruden's tenure here like the Raiders could have been on the cusp of a playoff berth. I think this game would have been more must-win just because of just just the beatdown he's gotten well-deservedly for trading Khalil Mack and then giving away a second pick with that. But it was just it was just an insane start-off for this team first half, man. I mean, you can easily see at first I was just thinking, wow, it's great game planning, but how much of this is due to the Bears just getting here really late because they landed. They left Thursday. I don't know if they landed Friday technically. I think they technically landed Friday in London. But that five-hour switch looked very evident compared to compared to the Raiders who were there for practically the whole week. I'm glad they learned their lesson because they yeah. themselves got beat down to the Seahawks last week. And you just saw this huge difference. So people who think that the time switch doesn't have an impact, no, <laughs> no it, it kind of does. Yeah. A lot of it does. These players have a strict schedule. So I think that was my biggest takeaway. And then you can see after the half, they, the Bears themselves <clears throat> made adjustments. I don't know if they got like an adrenaline shot or they just drank, they just, you know, just drank a whole gallon of coffee straight to the face. <laughs> but they were just came out and were more revved up. They were pissed, you could tell, and I could, I, you could feel it in Matt Nagy that he was pissed off too. Yeah. 
you know, we know Gruden was as one that likes to talk and like, you know, talk a lot of crap to his team, but I'm pretty sure Nagy did as well, but just excellent game planning on the way. I'm just glad they didn't fumble it. It felt like they were, you know, <laughs> it was getting nervous. I was like, dude, just same old Raiders, man. They just can't ever hold it down, but it's, it it's just, it's just hard not to just not to notice Josh Jacobs, man. That guy is a beast. Yeah. I think a big narrative after this game is going to be, you know, should teams from now on come the whole week? Cause you even saw, I mean, obviously the Raiders started out pretty hot, but once the Bears finally were able to settle in, they they were playing completely different football. Um, now, I think a big credit has to go to not just Colton Miller and Trent Brown. Obviously, they both did a exceptional job, but, you know, the Bears' defensive front is loaded. And like I think you said, Jose, uh, Derek Carr wasn't even touched. Yeah, there was a couple mm-hmm. – times where he had pressure getting to him and he would just kind of throw it away but the Raiders really won this game in the trenches and with uh just feeding Josh Jacobs yeah I mean you guys I think you guys both hit the nail right on the head you know Nick I think the game plan is or the formula is out for how to play in London you know you kind of have to go right right after and fly right after your game before and I mean Jose like you talked about you know, big credit to Gruden for learning their mistake from last year. You know, one of the things that we get frustrated with is it seems like the guy's stubborn. Well, obviously he showed he learned. Go there this week. They come out of the gate hot. Bears stumble out of the gate, and the Raiders are able to take advantage at the end of the day. I mean, that huge start was the difference in the game, really. You know, 17 points in the second quarter. Only managed seven in the second half when the Bears woke up a little bit. But obviously they needed that 17 to, to start things off, and that was huge. Yeah, I mean, absolutely for Gruden, this was a. I tweeted this out, but this was a. This was a big muscle flex. You know, he was staring himself in the mirror, flexing Dude. after this game with a. With all that, all that considering, and especially being able to take Mac out of the game, and so I'm curious, and I want to ask this to Jose because I know I have a feeling I'm gonna about his reaction. Did the Raiders win the Mac trade? No. What the hell? Hell no. They won. Come on. What's up with this living in the living in the moment? I know freaking like 99% of the fans who are going to be listening to this are like, what are you talking about? Of course they did. You know, he wasn't going to sign. Blah, 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 blah. You don't tr- – pass rush? Oh, my God. Especially because he got nullified. Today they won the trade. Sure. Let's let let's say that. Today, hey. Sunday, October October 6, 2019, they won it. The rest of the days of the year? Nah, they didn't win that. <laughs> they didn't win that. I mean, I know we it, it seems good because Josh Jacobs, that guy is a talent. And I know I, I said I'm on record for saying that I think the Raiders still reach for him because he was the only running back taken in the first round, and I'm a huge believer that you don't do that. Um, it's it's still, dude, it's still a fact that pass rushers are significantly more impact. A good pass rusher is significantly more impacted than a great running back. It's not like they drafted C Mac, Christian McCaffrey, or someone like that. I mean, when it comes times when time comes to get paid, that's what I'm going to be curious about. But no, I still don't think they won the trade as much as Josh Jacobs looked good. I mean, one thing I, I do love about Jacobs is that his vision is elite, and yeah. that's something you can't really teach running backs, vision and the instincts. I mean, you could teach them, look, read this way and, like, you know, just let let the blocks flurry. But, I mean, just the way he's reading reading the blocks and just, like, picking the right holes, the cut, the elusive, he's just doing, doing everything. We finally got to see a little bit more sprinkle of passing his way. I still want to see – more of the utilization, but I understand he can only do so much. He can't be out there for a ton of snaps. And look, this, the plays that he got he got substituted in with DeAndre Washington and Jalen Rashard, boom, they, all of them were for pretty chunky gainers. But in terms of did they win the trade, uh, I, I, no, no. 
Today they won it. Sure. Okay. Josh Jacobs is Counterpoint to you, Jose. If they don't make the max trade, they probably don't sign Benson Mayoa. Oh God! Hey, you said it right. There we go. I, I, oh, I've learned. I've learned. Oh we flushed. We moved on, and we flushed from the past. Wearing the Nate Prezi, Pete jersey, by the way. Just so oh, I thought yeah. I'd bring He's that wearing up. Wearing the Peterman jersey. You see that, Nick? Oh, I see that. Oh, I, see <laughs> I don't know that. how that's, that's relevant, but I figured I'd throw that in there. No, it's always relevant. Come on, man. <laughs> Nate Pete. Does it actually say on the back though, Nate Pete, or does it say Peterman, or does it just say Peterman? Peterman. Peterman. Ah, personalizing it was more expensive. You should have put Nate. Oh, that's true. Yeah, good yeah. point. But, I, I was already. I'm already spending enough money on a backup quarterback who's on my <laughs> injured reserves jersey. I don't need to spend any more. A four-street quarterback, but anyways, that, but that, that anyway, was but no. I mean, I think what you're saying about Jacobs is huge. You know, obviously, you know, if we're looking at a position for position, pass rusher is going to be more valuable. And I think you're right. You know, more days than not, Mac's going to be a hell of a valuable player. And it's rough to say that, especially with still having one more pick. Or it's rough to say that the Raiders won the trade because they won the game. But I mean, you know, you hit on it. And I want to kind of want to talk about, you know, Jacobs so far. I mean, he's probably been the best player on offense. You know, I was kept writing down, like I t- talked about last week. I like writing notes when I'm watching the game. It's just outside zone every single time seemed to freaking hit for the Raiders. And, you know, I think a lot of that is that vision that you're talking about, Jose. Like I said, day back to the game planning and just, just me too. I, I wrote some notes about what they did. I mean, just he, they did through the whole bag of tricks against that defense, you know, stretch plays, toss plays, inside, outside zone, even some counter plays, and then just punching them back with some play action. That was every, the game plan was so methodical and so great. Just like that final drive, it was awesome. The execution was perfect. The offensive line's looking good, which it's coached by Tom Cable. Uh, (laughs) Who would have thought that he's being an unsung hero through five games? I'm kind of shocked. But to swing it back to, did they win the Mac trade or not? Um, Nick, I'm wondering what your th- thoughts are here after seeing what Mac just got neutralized and Jacobs just exploded. No shot. They're, you don't you don't trade Khalil Mac under no circumstances. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. The Raiders still homers. lost that trade. You know the Raiders have got some production out of Benson Mayoa. He actually has four and a half sacks, just like Khalil Mack, but he's he's not Khalil Mack. He doesn't <laughs> impact yeah. a, you know every passing situation. Mac's pressures and there's no way you you just you don't trade a once in a generation type pass rusher like you said jose yeah they the raiders look like they won it today but they they didn't win them another thing i want to kind of look towards is how how max crosby has really his pressure and even last week's game and then even today's game has been kind of overlooking even what Cleveland Farrell has done. And mm-hmm. I know Cleveland Farrell yeah. is supposed to be the guy Bust. to kind of fill in <laughs> Khalil Mack's shoes. I think Crosby's kind of looking more so of that edge presence on the outside than even Farrell has up to this point. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. You know, we were talking about before, after the draft, that, you know, the fourth picker, which ended up being Cleveland Farrell, is probably going to be one that's going to help solve the pass rushing woes. And it ends up being the fourth rounder, that's Crosby. And, uh, I mean, if you look at the last two weeks, I think defensively, you know, one thing that I've noticed is they're getting a lot more pressure, getting after the quarterback a little bit more. And I think a big part of that is Max Crosby, like you're saying, Nick, is Max Crosby seems to be, you know, not the key, but one of the big pieces to this pass rush problem. And the last couple of weeks, I think he's been one of the biggest differences on the defenses. Got his first sack today, got some pressure last week. And again, you know, I thought the D-line as a whole was getting a lot more pressure. That was the one thing I was really shocked about. You know, 
last few years we've been sitting here getting frustrated as hell because quarterbacks have had all day. And, you know, we even saw uh, Mo Hurst get some pressure, had that little, I thought was a that stupid body weight rule roughing the passer on one of the Bears oh, last drives. Yeah, that was but, a questionable flag yeah. there. I I, the, I mean, side note on that flag, it was like, I'm watching that and I'm like, it's one of those situations where I'm like, okay, by the letter of the law, that's a penalty, but that just is such a stupid rule. Like, yeah, and it's... like last year, last year to start the season, they were really cracking down on that. But mm-hmm. you know, Stupid. they really haven't been calling it that strict this year. And then okay, the Raiders get an interception and they happen to call it. Oh yeah, you need you need way more consistency. I yeah. I totally disagreed with that flag. Yeah, it was a frustrating one, but didn't matter in the end, which is all that matters. So we can write a whole like bibliography, <laughs> a whole everlasting chapter of a book on how bullshit these calls have been. And it's just, it's never going to change. But hey, at least they started reviewing PIs, right? So thanks for that, <laughs> who dat nation. Yeah. So whack. I, th- I saw something on Twitter that I thought rang a huge bell. It was like, the biggest mistake the NFL did was making pass interference reviewable, but not mm-hmm. roughing the passer. That's what I'm saying, dude. But yeah, so, like I said, we could just go on and on about yeah. it. It's just one of the unfortunate negatives that we're going to have to take in with this game, but... But we yeah. still watch it, so we're <laughs> pretty sure. much hypocrites. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're we're not helping the problem. That, that PI rule, I I'm almost positive that I heard that's just like a one-year trial period, mm-hmm. and I mean I think I think they're gonna wipe that out next season because, you know, even Gruden was vocal about it um, during the early stages of this year, and in today's NFL, no one knows what's pass interference anymore. So I think they're going to yeah. do away with it. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully they do. Hopefully, Hopefully. they do because it's just, it's just getting out of hand, especially when it's almost costing this team a game at this point. You know, Worley was playing good, which actually is going to bridge to a little bit. So the Raiders have a bye next week. All right, mm-hmm. fellas? So no game to look forward to, unfortunately. Riding a two-game winning streak, first time since 2017. Let's go. And you're John Gruden. You just you just proved everyone. Well, he think, he's going to think to himself while he's flexing in the mirror – <laughs> I, I was right for trade for trading cool man. Three and two into the bye. Now he's gonna start thinking as the Chargers are losing 14-0 to the Denver Broncos right now. Three and two sitting at the bye. Um, how likely are the Raiders gonna go to the playoffs? Is it starting to look a little more, you know, the I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Have we figured things out? <laughs> I mean, it looks a lot better than it did two weeks ago, but it's I mean just I feel say like no. At three and two, you gotta go for it, but go it's just like it. shit. I'm gonna say no. Like, I mean, I, I still think this is a seven and nine team. You know, I think they're better than what I thought they would be. I think today they impressed me a lot, but I just, you yeah. know, when you do factor in the whole London thing, you know, it's just, this is a bit of a funky game. I just still think the playoffs are out of sight. But at the same time, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, they're three and two, and like you said, the Chargers are dropping. AFC outside of the Chiefs and Patriots is wide open. You almost got to give it a shot at this point. Like you got to go for it if you're the head coach. Yeah, I didn't. I did not see the Raiders starting out three and two heading into the bye before the season started. And like the AFC is a little watered down this year. It's still the AFC West is still going to be ran through Kansas City, but a wild card definitely looks appealing. It's still pretty early, but like you said, why not give it a shot? And just play it week by week. 
Well, you know what? I'll bring up since we were supposed to talk about the two-week stretch between last week against the Colts and today against the Bears. Um, There's cases to be made about how good this team is and how fake it is, as in is it really legitimate. So take today, for instance, Tyrell Williams is gone. Now you're really depleted at wide receiver. In fact, didn't they only have three wide receivers active today? That's pretty unreal. That's that's an insane scenario. Derek Carr played the game to the best of the ability. Great. No turnovers, no bad decisions. Other than a couple of why are you throwing to the short of the sticks, Derek, like you usually do? I mean, that last third and ten call before the fake punt, yeah, Hunter Renfro wide open. You're not even looking there, dude. It's just evident. So, I mean, this is why this is, I think um, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. This is why I think why I hate about Gruden's West Coast offense that he's trying to make it somewhat is that it's enhancing, it's enabling Carr to feel okay to check down even more than he has before. So now he's like, oh, I can check it out because that's part of my offense. And that's how you're seeing his brothers defend him. Well, did you know what the read was? Did you know what the read was? I do <laughs> shut up with that. But anyways, back on to what, what I'm talking about. He made the best of the situation. And once again, there's no AB. So obviously he takes the lid off the top. And <clears throat> no Gabe Jackson. No Gabe Jackson. And it was just looking really good for them. However, last week and today, well, I'll start with I'll start with today. You could say it was a five-hour time switch. That's why that first half got out, out out of hand for the Bears. I that definitely had to have played a part. You know, anyone who doesn't think it doesn't play a part is is just you know your joke. Five-hour difference definitely made it. So there's a case to be said. Eh, if it was on a level playing field, do the Bears maybe like not allow as many points? And then last week they played against the Colts team, who was missing pretty much all of their key players outside of Jacoby Brissett. You know, no Ty, who probably would have destroyed Gary and Conley. And you could argue yep. that Jacoby is already a backup, too. Yeah, I mean, well, he's actually looking pretty good. But, but yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. He, he's not Andrew Luck, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Darius Leonard was out. Malik Hooker was out. Pretty much all all the key players outside of him and Quentin Nelson were gone. So these wins, and you you beat the Broncos. Like, you know, maybe the yeah. Raiders aren't that good, but they're not that bad. They're just middle of the pack. So that's why in terms of going for the playoffs, I mean, you know, I don't want to take away from what they're doing. You know, a win's a yeah, win. You can only no. play what's in front of you and who's active. Yeah. So good on them to seal it away. But there has to be a little bit sobered up that this should not be taken for face value. There's little holes that we can poke at and see, all right, there's, there's different reasons why they are not as legit as some may seem and why I don't think they're a playoff team. I mean, maybe I'm seeing something d- different. Nick, what about you? You know, it, it's going to all come down to who rises to the occasion. Like you were mentioning all the injuries that the Raiders have um, not only had internally, but like the Colts, all bunch of their key stars were banged up. And, you know, the Raiders, maybe if they can get healthy heading into the bye. I know Tyrell, who's caught a touchdown in every game leading Gabe up. Gabe Jackson's going to come back, yeah. ideally. Yeah. Yeah, so if they can get healthy after the bye and then – once they get over this tough road stretch, the schedule starts to lighten up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it does. You know, maybe they get a shot and they can kind of stack some ones. Yeah, I mean, so far, you know, we talked about, I keep bringing it up, we talked about how daunting this five-game stretch is. Well, so far, they're two and one. You know, if you would have told me they were going to be two and three through this five-game stretch, I'd be pretty happy. So, I mean, obviously, you want the thumb to capitalize and keep going on and try and make it a four and one stretch, but... I mean, even if the Raiders lost these next two games on the road, you know, I can't help but feel somewhat optimistic about the future of this team. Now, that being said, I don't know if the immediate future has playoffs implications in them. You know, I think it's a hell of a win. Like you said, Jose, a hell of a performance by Carr to basically have your number one receiver 
just get acquired by the team for a late round pick and then go out and still beat a pretty damn good defense. Like that's a pretty impressive performance, but you know, it's just, it's so hard for me to think that they're going to be able to overcome these kind this kind of adversity throughout the year. And, you know, we're talking about we're talking about, or one thing we haven't talked about yet is, you know, Vontez perfect, probably going to be out for the year too. You know, obviously that's probably going to have a lingering effect throughout the year go as the year goes on. And, you know, it, it's just as, as much of a, good feeling we have right now i can't help but think that with all the situations and the all the external factors that it's more of a not indicative of the future a bit more of a fluke i guess if you will and you mentioned the players that are out like perfect for example and you know who else was out today next to tyrell williams um cleland farrell yeah now you put max crosby back in his spot and mayo is finally back in there and all of a sudden, the pass rush is taking off. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. the linebackers are a little better. So addition by subtraction sure. here, and this is once again why I hated the Farrell pick, man. <laughs> why did all of a sudden the pass rush looks good without Farrell? All of a sudden, the linebackers look a little bit better because Morrow younger is in yeah. there. Yeah, you know, you're not, you know, sure, good, good job, good win, you know. But as good as a win that you guys are making yourself look. Making yourself look bad too with your picks and decisions as you're making because it's like you, you're too stubborn to put some of these players into your systems due to bias and because you just want to do projects or whatever. But the moment, the moment you scrap that idea and put the right players in the right places, you look good. So I mean, I, I just don't. That's why I think it's going to be the downfall and why they're not going to make the playoffs because they're just going to keep shooting themselves in the foot and doing stupid decisions. Didn't you just work out Will Blackman yesterday or something like that? Like <laughs> what the see. hell is that about? I thought it was a troll job. I, I, what the hell? I mean, yeah. this guy has I mean, I just laughed at that. I was like, dude, this guy, you know, we shouldn't be shocked because, you know, Gruden, you know, he <laughs> wants to take on project players and wants to pump his chest out like a freaking gorilla. You know, that's why he, he has uh, Matt over here wearing the Nate Pete jersey because he wants to treat him as a project. So Let's go. it's just about and as he flashes it on, oh, I really wish the listeners are watching this. You need to take a picture of this. <laughs> Take a picture well, of this, post it tomorrow for the pod, for now enhanced promotion. It's just going to be hilarious. I got you. But, I got it. Yeah, guys, and my final points, and I don't know if you want to add on before we transition to the next question I have, is just they're not playoff caliber. They're not really that good to me. They're not as terrible as we think, at least not looking yeah. for compared to the Chiefs and Vikings because, you know, they did still beat two pretty good teams on the road. And so let's I'll give them that. But we'll just can't wait till after the bye to really see what they're made of. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you're right where it's not a playoff team. But like you said, you know, especially after losing AB, I think they're exceeding expectations right now. And I said it when before the start of the season. The seven-win season means they're basically doubling their win total from the year before. That's a good progress. That's good, which you want to see with a mm-hmm. young team. But I guess basically our message is let's uh, come down from the high a little bit, tamper a little bit of expectations moving forward. Next up, since to follow up the playoffs, guys, follow up is this team playoff caliber and if they can make it. So going to the bye, of course, that's going to be pondering. And once again, same thing. John Gruden looking himself in the mirror, getting all chesty and he's juiced. And then he starts reviewing the tape with Paul Gunther and sees, hey, this Gary and Conley guy, man, he's not doing his job. He's yeah. pretty freaking bad. And I'm shocked. I mean, I thought he was going to be pretty solid this year just based on what I saw towards the end of the season. But Conley straight up has been bad. There's a reason why teams, and I hope fans have been noticing this, Conley's been getting picked on. You know who hasn't been getting picked on? Darren Worley, because they're seeing something on film that they can exploit with Conley that they're just like, eh, we can't really do it so much with Worley, but let's do it with Gary and Conley. And it's just proving fruitful. I mean, I mentioned this last time I was on the prod, and it's just, 
it's just, it's just something that's going to keep getting beaten down. And he's not a Gruden guy. So does Gruden start to look at the bye thinking that he can make the playoffs? Does he trade Conley? Or basically, does he trade for Jalen Ramsey now? Now we're ending the bye. Does he throw up the multiple picks? Ramsey, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen, guys? Yeah, I I don't see any way that Conley gets re-signed uh, mm-hmm. up to this point because, you know, Mullen got got burned early on, but at this point, why not run him out there? Conley is he's getting beat back there, and doesn't matter who he's facing, bigger receivers, smaller receivers. And like you said, Jose, Worley is the the corner one for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and I think my stance is kind of still the same where I wouldn't want to give up, you know, the two first-round picks for Ramsey. But at this point where I think I've differed from a couple weeks ago is I would be willing to do one first and Conley if the Jags would do that just because, you know, Conley's he struggled, you know, even today I think. Today wasn't his worst game, but I don't think he played very well. And even the pick he had was more of a, a miscommunication, it looks like, between uh, Miller and uh, Chase Daniel there. But, yeah, I mean, I almost I, I kind of want to be different here, a little different here and say I'd almost just trade Conley and kind of see what you can get for him as far as draft capital. You know, you know like Nick said, you know, Conley hasn't been great. You know, I know, or, or I know uh, Mullen has, in his limited playing time hasn't been really – very good either but i mean see what you got in him if you can acquire a few draft picks for conley and whatnot maybe one of those guys are the ones that you replace conley with or hell if mullen ends up stand uh stepping up then even better then you can you know start using your picks somewhere else but i mean i I, nick i think you you hit the nail right on the head you know so far from what we've seen and you know going back to last year with the trade rumors surrounding conley and you know he has that stigma of being a reggie mckenzie guy not a gruden guy you know, I, I, I got to think that if Conley doesn't start turning things around, he, uh, he'll he be uh, finding himself playing for a different team and definitely won't be re-signed in the future. Well, will it be for the Jacksonville Jaguars, guys? Is he going to uh, trade? I Could they know. trade? Is Gruden going to trade Conley and multiple picks for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I 100% do think that's going to cross his mind and be on the table well, as him yeah. and Mike Mayock are reviewing things. That's 100% going to happen. They're going to have those discussions. I mean, they, it's already been reported they have interest, which yeah. is funny. <laughs> if you're a bad team, you're not supposed to go after top corners because those are like the finishing pieces for your team. I mean, now that's what I'm saying. If now that he views himself three and two, he's gonna feel so hyped that he beat the Bears, yeah. proving everyone wrong for today at least. <laughs> he's he's gonna 100% consider it, and I yeah. think that he's gonna offer multiple picks. You know, there was already rumors that someone offered the Jaguars two ones, but that they also wanted a swap of the second or something like that, and the Jaguars said no. But maybe that's because the teams that are offering those first round picks are good teams, so those aren't gonna be holding weight. If the Jaguars hear John Gruden saying, here, take a one and some, I don't know, Conley and something else, they're definitely going to be like, hmm, the Raiders are probably going to most likely be a top 10 finishing team, you know, maybe 12 or 13. That's pretty value pick that we can get right there. And we're probably not going to be able to sign Ramsey unless we franchise tag him, which is definitely on the table. I think 100% those discussions are going to be held and that he's going to try to attempt to trade for Jalen Ramsey. I'm not for it. They shouldn't do it. Yeah. Don't don't do it. You know you you don't you don't do that after just finally looking. You're proving yourself right that you know we have all these picks. Let's make these young players ours. But just you're gonna go out and trade Jalen Ramsey. You know it doesn't really make sense to me. And once again, Matt, like we said last time I was on, they're not a Jalen Ramsey away from being the finisher for this defense. No. Yeah. I mean, like we saw, like I was saying, you know, 
Jalen Ramsey, the Raiders still win this game. You know, maybe it's a little bit more lopsided. You know, Conley did give up one touchdown on that bootleg. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's not like Jalen Ramsey would have been the difference in this game. Don't think he would have been in the game before or the two games before that. Um, so that's why I'm kind of thinking, you know, hopefully, you know, honestly, best case scenario, if Gruden really doesn't want uh, Conley at this point, you know, I, I can't really back him up anymore. If he is going to move him, I'd almost like to see him, like I was talking about, just, you know, just acquire more draft capital. You know, obviously the sexy thing to do right away would be to get Ramsey in a Raiders uniform. But like we were talking about, I, I want for one, I don't really think the Jags are trying to trade him. I think they're trying to strong arm this no negotiation with uh, Ramsey right now. I mean, they're basically saying we're okay with you having your back injury or whatnot that I'm pretty yeah. sure everyone knows is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, they, so. they've, tried to, they've tried to put all those conversations to rest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... One thing that I'm also kind of curious on is how sold Paul Gunther is on Gary on Conley. Yeah, Even last uh, season, the way that Gunther was using all his cornerbacks, the whole Melvin thing kind of blew up in his face. But even Conley was never get he was never put in a consistent role last season. We've seen a lot more this year, but now that he's getting he's getting burned, who knows? I don't see Gruden trading for Ramsey. I don't think he would he would give up that much draft capital for a defensive player. You know, Gruden is so offensive minded. Maybe a one, but even then, that seems a little steep for Gruden, and mm-hmm. I don't see yeah. any way that he does two ones. If they were to pull the trigger, a one with Conley or who knows, maybe even a Carl Joseph. He's yeah. Joseph's always been kind of on that fringe there. Mm. Does Gruden like him? Does he want to trade him? So who knows? But I personally don't don't see the Raiders pulling the trigger. Yeah, I, I think as much as we want it to happen, I don't think it would, or I should say... As much as some people, Jose doesn't want it to happen. <laughs> nah, and to circle back to is this team playoff caliber, which the only way he will trade for Jalen Ramsey is if he views it that way. I can't believe I didn't I didn't mention this. They played against Chase Daniels today. All right, yeah, they played against yeah. Chase Daniels on a team that had a five-hour time switch, and they almost blew it. <laughs> All right, they almost blew it. I understand Matt Nagy is a good offensive-minded coach, and that's why I expected them to get a, a nice little chunk of plays, but given the way how... The Raiders are playing, and they dropped 21 unanswered points. I mean, I know one, the turnover had a lot to do with it, but, you know, that's why another thing is, like, this team is cool. You know, like I said, it's maybe they're more towards the middle of the pack, but once again, a team that was missing on the key players in the Colts, a team that came late, five-hour switch, threw out Chase Daniels. You know, we, we have to start waking up and realizing, you know, they're, they're that, that bottom-level team, like bottom five or six, but there are a few spots above it. So let's, yeah. you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm pretty sure people are thinking, you're raining on parade, you're such a hater being <laughs> negative. But it's like, no, I'm just reading what they faced. You know, Joe Flacco and the Broncos, the hell? I mean, I say that as they're winning 17 to nothing to the Chargers, who just Ooh. looked abysmal so far this season. Uh, who, who they got coming out of the bye? The Packers or? Either the Packers or the Texans. I can't quite remember. One of those. Two. I think it's one. I think it's both of them coming out of the, yeah, yeah. Of the bye, the first two. I just don't so know that's, which order. That's going to be some tough matchups right there. Once yeah. again, back on the road. I mean, the Texans might be a better matchup, but we're talking about Gary and Conley. Imagine freaking DeAndre Hopkins yeah, on so... Gary and Conley. Hopkins has kind of struggled this year. He started hot out of the gates, but I have him on my fantasy team, and he he's not doing much over the last three weeks. 
The teams are just like just keying in on him, but don't worry, you, you'll be able to start him against the Raiders defense. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you you bring it up, you know, the next two games, you know, it's the Packers after the bye, and then the Texans after that. Well, Deshaun Watson and uh, Aaron Rodgers aren't exactly Jacoby Brissett and Chase Daniel. Like it's gonna be, it's still gonna be tough sledding. You know, like I said, you know, coming out of this road trip never was never gonna be easy, and. You know, it's they're still in the thick of things, and it's definitely gonna be a tough road moving forward. Well, hey, if they can f- keep figuring it out, hopefully keep the momentum going moving forward. Maybe we'll be we'll be eating crow back here and uh, be looking at a playoff spot. And all right, that's all we got for you guys this week. Nick, where can the good people for find you? You can find me at Nick Cothrell forty one on Twitter, and then all my work done on just Blog Baby. Let's go, Jose. How about you? At J Sanchez SI. Come get at me, people. And you can find me on Twitter at mholder95. Follow the pod if you're not already at SweetFly. Got the Gmail set up for any topics that you guys want to hear us talk about during the bye week. FlySweetPod at gmail.com. And then, of course, give us those five-star reviews as well as any feedback wherever you're listening to this. All right, until next week.